0: Anthony Crane, Devin Albertson, 8-Man Football Podcast. Um, Guys, just getting right into it, looking at from week four, we have last week that big showdown, Mound City-Southwest Livingston. Devin, you were there for that one. Um, First, your thoughts on that game, and then we'll get into uh, this week's poll. Um, Honestly,
1: both teams kind of left a little bit there on the field. Um, Mound City wasn't able to run the ball as they usually can, so credit to Livingston's defensive line. They were able to attack Livingston's secondary a bit, which was – a little bit different for a Mountain City game, and then for Southwest Livingston, their starting quarterback, Wes Hughes, entered his thumb like the third drive of the game, so they couldn't throw the ball for most of the game, that's what they had really gotten after East Ashton and South Old was through the air, so they had to resort to more of a ground game, so the teams kind of flipped their offensive philosophies a bit there to be effective, but uh, Livingston was up late in that game, went back and forth, had a really good third quarter to get back in the game, get the lead, but Mountain City hit a 40 to 50 yard bomb there, about two minutes to go, took the lead there at the end, and Hung on for the win, so it was a really fun game. One of the better regular season games between two top five teams I've seen in a while, man.
0: That's also, and we'll get to the districts um, in a little little bit how they shook out here this week. But that's potentially, depending on where Misha puts the districts in the state, you know, tournament, how who faces who. That's a potential state championship rematch at this point. I mean, what do you guys think on that one?
2: Um, I don't, (laughs) I think what we learned about Mountain City, um, is they're really good. Um, but I think you see that if Southwest is a hundred percent, they're the better team this year. I also still think that Mountain City maybe showed some weaknesses on a Friday. Now they, they were number one in my poll. I made that deal with them. You know, you beat Southwest, you get moved to one, but after seeing that, I think, there's still maybe a couple teams that are still ahead of them, but when you have the pedigree that Mountain City does, you can't count them out to be there in November.
1: Absolutely, and Mountain City, they got placed in a tough district, so it'll be tough for them to get out of there, Um, as with Livingston when they got North Shelby in their district, so it's gonna be really tough to see how they kind of, but it could be a um, rematch there for the state championship game, um, wherever it may be played this year kind of deal, but um, I'm really excited to see if that game to be a rematch. I think both teams make good adjustments. I'd like to see the cat-and-mouse game that would happen there between Coach McGruder and Coach Standifer in that one. Um, but I, was, I can't wait to impress
0: those two teams that are definitely state contenders right now. Um, and it was really fun to watch that game. So I was going to get to this later, but since we're talking about the districts already, we'll just dive right into them. The district class districts came out this week. There's only one class. Four districts in eight-man football. Um... We'll, we'll do this part later in the FAFSA 60 seconds and eight man football. But first thoughts on how these districts kind of shook out this year? Uh, for me, I was kind of surprised
1: with um, Livingston and Bramer. They got put where they were at, and then Orick kind of bypassed them and was sent north. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, but otherwise, they had to split the Northwest Missouri teams either east west or north south. I thought they go east west, they decided to go north south. Um, Either way, you're going to have some pretty stacked districts up north because there's so many good teams within a close proximity of each other. Um, So it's tough to split those teams up. So it should be a lot of fun, and should make for some excellent, even second or third round games.
2: Yeah, and for me, I think you still see the difference between the north and south. Uh, District one, that'll come down to Archie and Drexel matchup we'll see here next week. Uh, Mm -hmm. District two. That was the only disappointing part for me was because I think North Shelby and Southwest are maybe the two best teams in the state. And, you know, both of them getting put in the same district, that's tough. And then you, District 3 and 4 are loaded. Uh, maybe not with the top-end talent that you'll see from District 2, but just a gauntlet to where it will be tough to pick who comes out of those districts. So
0: let's go ahead and look at Week 5. We talked about some of the top teams – Probably the biggest one this week is probably in the polls. I guess we'll go through the poll real quick. Mount City, one. North Shelby, two. Southwest Livingston, three. North Andrew, four. Stanbury, five. Drexel, six. Archie, seven. South Holt, Nottaway hold eight. Pantonsford, nine. Fourth County, rounding out the top ten. And you look at the 2-4 matchup this week, North Andrew and North Shelby, over here on this side of the state this time around, these two teams, I think, match up better than what the North Andrew Pattonsburg, those were two different styles. Now you have two similar styles, I think more so than anything else, but North Shelby and North Andrew, you know, this Friday night.
2: Yeah. What I think we'll see um, is that North Shelby is a more balanced team. I think the issue they may run into on Friday night is the fact that they have not faced any tough competition yet. And facing a tough North Andrew team may be a bit of a wake-up call. So I could see North Andrew really jumping out uh, in front in that one. Um, but I think it'll it, it'll tell us a lot about North Shelby because I've been really high on them. Uh, so has everyone else. So I'm excited to see what they can do against the North Andrew team.
1: Absolutely. And last year, North Andrew went over to North Shelby and they were kind of shocked by the Raiders in that one. Uh, North Shelby kind of made their statement to 8-Man that, hey, we can actually be a state contender this year. And they made the pitcher championship game last year. They lost to Livingston. That was kind of their springing point. That one, their winning against Patton's last year, kind of sprung them to the top of 8-Man a little bit. Uh, but North Shelby this year, they lost a lot of talent from last year's team. They had a bunch, a big group of juniors this year who are really leading the way for them. And I think they have the speed advantage over North Andrew, but North Andrew They got some big old boys over there, and they're going to try to control the line of scrimmage. So we'll see who can kind of win that matchup. Not saying North Shelby didn't have big boys. That Lunsford in the middle is an animal. He's a really good player, and they had trouble with him last year. So we'll see what happens there. Um, But I think North Shelby on defense is a little better as of right now, which they have played some lesser competition. As Anthony has said, they're playing in a little weaker conference, Um, but they've done their job over there as well. They haven't let teams stick around. They put them away early and then it's been kind of done with it. And they've been able to stay healthy to this point. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I think North Shelby is the favorite going in, uh, but it should be a lot of a lot of fun back and forth, two physical teams going at it. Um, I can't wait for Friday night. I'll be there in Rosendale.
2: Yeah, and Lunsford, we don't talk about Lyman a lot, but he could be the biggest key in this game. You know, he was a monster last year, and this year he dropped 50 pounds, and he looks fantastic. So it'll be interesting to see how that powerful North Andrew offense uh, – and defensive line handle him. Exactly.
0: Let's go and look around the rest of 8-man football week five. Um, guys, one of the games that stands out to me, I think, is um, Pattensburg at Stanbury. Patton'sburg coming in 3-1, and one, Stanbury 3-0. and oh, Stanbury off last week. Um, I guess when you look at this game, um, Pattensburg getting the bounce-back win last week against King City, too. Um What's your thoughts? I mean, is that, is that the other big game this week that you guys can think of, or what else stands out to you guys? I'm going to go, yeah,
1: with this one, just because Pattensburg, they're getting to the full health now. They got uh, Brett Emig back at receiver. He went off last week, again, over 200 yards, again, multiple touchdowns. He's got eight touchdowns. He's only played two games this year receiving, so he's just been um, a beast on the outside. They also have Cameron Jones, and their third best receiver, length Langford, set a state record with 28 receptions versus North Andrews, so they got a multitude of weapons out there for quarterback Zane Reed, um, and from what I heard from last week against King City, second half they kind of found their physicality a little bit, and maybe they're going to be able to match up with Stanbury better than they did with North Andrew. Just maturing a bit on the field, on the defensive end. So we'll see if they can handle the three-headed monsters that the Stanbury puts down on the field with um, another sheep kid, Old, Oldham, and another running back they have there that's oh, the Cameron kid as well there for Stanbury, a three-headed monster. Uh, for the Bulldogs, should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm guessing this Paterson playing is going to be a lot of points scored. So, despite
0: the last game being played on Friday nights, uh, but it should be a lot of fun. Let's talk about that part real quick. Back to the Brody Langfit, 28 receptions in a game. That's an eight-man football. You don't do that in eight-man. F- Typically, you don't see that in eight-man football. I, I, I that, that I saw that yesterday on Mish's account. Did that catch anybody else by surprise when you see 28 receptions? Take it, not even just an eight man, but in high school football, I have 28 receptions. Eight man, maybe you have a better chance of doing so because you're having who knows how many possessions, at least 12 in
2: Patensburg plays. Well, I mean, that's, 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 that's the crazy thing about Patensburg is no, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, you know, Coach Kavanaugh will text me be like, hey, check out these stats, and I'll look at them, and it's to the point now where nothing really surprises me with what they do. Um, it, <laughs> it's disappointing. I, I love defense, and they just – they struggle with it. They don't – it's not a big emphasis for them. They're just going to go out and try and outscore you. And I think that's – you know, as great as uh, North Shelby, North Andrew will be this week – I think that Stanberry and Pattonsburg game is going to be fantastic because I'm not sure how much they like each other. Um, and so that one should be a lot of fun. And talking to Coach Cavan, he said the biggest difference between you know the, the week before against North Andrew was they got punched in the mouth and they quit. And he felt like against King City, the same thing happened. And this time they didn't quit. They learned from that week before. And him and I kind of talked about that was, you know, maybe North Andrew popping you like that will be good for you in the long run. So I'll be excited to see because i seeing seen them this offseason. I saw the athleticism they still have. And I'm still pretty high on them if uh, Zane Reed can continue to grow as a quarterback. So it would be good to see how they match up against a very good Stanbury team. Yeah,
1: with length of the game versus North Andrew, we had 28 receptions. Uh, Cameron Jones is their number one receiver. Everyone in the state and and beyond knows that right now, that he's going to be their go-to guy. So they were double and triple teaming Jones. They were leaving length kind of on an island on the other side, and he was able to take advantage. And a lot of short passes, but he was also doing a really good job of breaking some tackles to get some extra yards for him. And they run a lot of receiver screens and stuff like that. So you would see a pass to length with Jones leave blocking and blocking two guys on one play in length getting get a bunch of yards out of it. So, But as Anthony said, they put points up. Um, Reed averages almost 450 yards passing per game. Uh, they got three receivers already through four weeks, over 500 yards receiving, uh, Cameron Jones at 635, Brett Emig with 564 with just two games played. She's so averaging 288 yards, 282 yards per game, then it with 510 yards, um, on the season. So they're going to sling the ball around the yard. They're going to kick on side kicks. It's just to game's going to last until almost midnight. Just get used to it. It's a lot of fun and just enjoy
2: the madness. I'm looking forward to is that after I leave Worth County, I can catch the second half of that game.
0: Second half, <laughs> and you know, honestly, yeah, it, it could still be the second half. Um, where are you guys going to be this week, Devin? No, nope, by Devin. Um, <laughs> Devin, where are you going to be? <laughs> Devin just gone. So,
2: <laughs> uh, okay. This week I'm going to uh, Worth County and King City, which uh, you know they're. King City were kind of high on them coming into the season. They lost their quarterback. Worth County, we were all really high on, uh, and both seem to be kind of finding their groove, especially Worth County, who I kind of left for dead with everything they had going on. They bounced back. They've won three in a row, and they've looked good. You know, Devin was really high on Albany, and I was was even shocked at what they did to Albany last week. Uh, Albany came back late to make that interesting, but Worth County dominated for most of that game. And so, and you have to, you know, with Parker Muff at King City uh, and Alarcon at Worth County, that is going to be a fantastic matchup on Friday night. Yeah,
1: just talked about Anthony's matchup here, real quick. Um, those two, right now, according to the stats we have in, are leading the state in rushing. I tweeted this out um, Tuesday night. Um, but right now, Alarcon with 831 yards and 11 touchdowns, he had just over 650 yards through seven games <laughs> last year for an injury. Um, and then Muff had almost 600 yards rushing last year. He's already at 945 through four weeks and 12 touchdowns. So there are two leading rushers in the state right now. So run, run, run for both these teams. They get the majority of the carries Those two guys do. So uh, Anthony's in for a treat there with Worth County King city should be a lot of fun with two good backs there. Um, And that one, then I will be at North Shelby, North Andrew uh, for that top five matchup. So I'm really excited about that. Um, And I get to meet Coach Bass from North Shelby for the first time. I've talked to him on Twitter a lot. but I finally get to meet him in person. And it's always good to see Coach Williams from North Andrew. I saw him a couple weeks ago uh, when they beat Patton. always a good dude to talk to over there. So uh, I'm really excited for this weekend um, for that North Shelby, North Andrew game. I had this game circled from the preseason. I thought both of these teams would come in 4-0 before the season started, and we'd see a really good game in week five. And now they're ranked both in the top
0: five, so I'm really excited for it. Where can they catch all of your guys' tweets and content after and before the games? Twitter is a
2: good good place to go.
0: What's the Twitter handle, guys? That's the follow-up question is going to have to be. That was a very uh, <laughs> one-word answer. I've walked into that one.
2: Uh, the best place to go is the Mo eight man football. Uh, Devin does a great job of retweeting everything. Uh, you can follow me at crane underscore Anthony, but if you go to Mo, then you get, you know, Devin's tweet, my tweets, and, uh, you get score updates from around around the state.
1: Yeah. And, uh, last week I didn't do a great job for the Mo eight man football Facebook scoreboard. Get that updated because I was, uh, had about 18 different hats on there Friday, trying to get everything uh, kind of done, so I wasn't able to update that as much as I'd like thank to. Thank you, by the way. It's probably be, uh, no problem. I always enjoy shooting highlights for KQ2. It's been a while since I've done that, but <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Uh, shout out to Chase Neptune. I didn't have any highlights in that first half, and the second half kickoff, he returned for a touchdown right in front of me, and I'm like, thank you, little man. I really appreciate it. Um, I, think,
2: I think KQ2 owes both of us a check after last week.
0: I'll work on that.
1: <laughs> Budgets are tight. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was doing a KQ2, and I was also reporting for KMA uh, up there in Iowa. So I was doing a couple of different things and trying to tweet out scores and take stats. So, um, but yeah, usually that Facebook page has the scores um, updated there periodically, and then I retweet all the scores that I can kind of see. And then as everything you can get there is Mo8 Man Football for all the stuff for 8 Man Football. And then my personal Twitter account at Devin Albertson. So that's where you can all find all of our good, good 8 Man content.